This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the official podcast of the Milwaukee Brewers. This is Brewers on Tap. Here's the pitch. A curveball! Time to tap the keg with Lane Grindle. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Brewers on Tap. It is episode number 167, and it is good to have you with us as the crew uh, wrapping up a homestand against the Diamondbacks and the Cardinals, a 3-3 and homestand for the Brewers. They currently sit at 68-65 and on the season, and they are chasing in that NL Central. The Cardinals out in front of them by five and a half games. Cubs still in between the Cardinals and the Cubs as well, and the Brewers chasing in that wild card race right now in the wild card standings, chasing the Washington Nationals, and then of course also chasing the Chicago Cubs. So the Brewers with an opportunity this weekend against Chicago to try to put a little dent into that uh, deficit that they currently have in the wild card race. It's going to be an interesting September. Brewers dropping two of three to St. Louis, but hoping they can get on a roll here against the Cubs and, of course, the Houston Astros and then the Cubs again before going on the road to Miami. And the Brewers, if they can get through this next stretch and if they can get through it with a winning record, they still have a shot with the schedule that they have down the stretch to make a big run and put themselves into the postseason. Going to be interesting. Going to be an interesting finish. That is for sure. This has been a really competitive NL Central all season long. And for the Brewers, when you start looking at guys that are making an impact, guys that have made a difference, the guys that are kind of carrying the, the, the lunch pail, so to speak, for the Brewers right now. Of course, we're always talking about Christian Yelich, another MVP caliber season. He's hitting 330, has 41 home runs. He's driven at 89. We've talked about Keston here ad nauseum. He's having the big year. He has 16 home runs now on this season. He's driven in 43. He's done it all in just 69 games played, which is incredible when you think about the numbers that he's put up and the way that would project down over the course of an entire season. But the other guy that's starting to play really well for them is Yasmani Grandal. Grandal has been swinging it much better. He's had a good homestand against the Cardinals. And you look at his Tuesday night, he came up with a, a big blast on Tuesday night, his 21st home run of the year, which has been good to see as Money Grandal starting to get himself going a little bit offensively. Going into Wednesday's game, uh, in his last 13 games and 12 starts, he had 13 hits over that course of time, which is good. Uh, that's certainly an area that uh, the Brewers want to get production out of is Yasmani Grandal as a catcher and as a first baseman offensively. And um, those are some good signs for him. He's been a streaky guy over the course of his career. 
And if he can get going on one of those hot streaks, it should make this offense that much better. Of course, the injury to Mike Moustakis is a little bit concerning, not in the lineup the last couple of days, and the Brewers hoping uh, to get him back as soon as possible, hope, hopefully over the weekend uh, against the Chicago Cubs. But the Brewers also getting a two-hit day out of Trent Grisham on Wednesday against the Cardinals. That was a good sign and very good to see. Ryan Braun came up with another double. Uh, he's hitting 288 now on the year. And Cordy Spanchenberg's been called up, and he's done some really nice things for the Brewers, giving them a left-handed bat that they can plug in the lineup or they can bring off the bench. But probably the biggest news when it comes to the Brewers is some of the starting pitching that they're getting currently. And when you looked at the Brewers' rotation at the beginning of the year, you're talking about Yoli Shasin. Well, he's since been released. So he was the opening day starter. He's no longer a part of the organization. You were looking at Brandon Woodruff thinking maybe he could have a breakthrough season, and he did that until the injury. Brewers hoping they can get him back in a couple of weeks still. Then, of course, they go out and they sign Gio Gonzalez in April. He's had a good year. He had a tough start, his last start against the Cardinals. But overall, Gio Gonzalez has put together a very good season for the Brewers. You're th thinking maybe Zach Davies can have the bounce back year, and he's been able to do exactly that, a 3.90 ERA over 25 starts, uh, which has been good from Zach Davies. It's been a good bounce back year from him. From him. Chase Anderson has uh, put a 6-3 and three record on the board, a 4-3-4 ERA. If you take the Washington start out of the equation, overall Chase has been pretty solid this year for the Brewers. But the guys that really the attention needs to be placed upon that are kind of carrying the water. We talked about that earlier. The guys that are really getting the job done for the Brewers are Adrian Hauser and Jordan Lyles. Jordan Lyles traded for at the trade deadline. Nobody knew what the Brewers were going to get out of him. And for the Brewers this year, he's made five starts. Excuse me, he's made six starts. He has now thrown 32 in a third innings. He's given up just nine earned runs. He came into Wednesday start with an ERA of 2.67 as a Brewer, and he lowered that that much more um, as a member of the Brewers uh, with his start um, on on Wednesday against the Cardinals. He now has a 2.51 ERA in six starts. Really impressive stuff from Jordan Lyles, and the Brewers couldn't have asked for more out of him when they made the trade for him. Adrian Hauser. Another great story for the Brewers. He has been pitching extremely well here recently for the crew. He is making a statement that he should be in the Brewers rotation to start the season next year. And let's just go back over his last four starts. Adrian Hauser over his last four starts has an ERA of 1-5-4. He's given up four in runs in 23 and a third innings. He struck out 22. He's walked just seven. Pretty impressive stuff. And you can go back a little bit further with Adrian Hauser since he's been back in the rotation. You can say, okay, he's made six starts since he got put back in the rotation at the end of July. How's he pitched there? 2-4-3 ERA. Nine earned runs over 33 and a third inning. So very similar numbers to Jordan Lyles in many ways for Adrian Hauser since he got thrown back into the Brewers rotation. Good sign for the crew and somebody that Brewers fans should be very excited about moving forward. He'll be 27 next year, former second-round pick. Still um, lots of control with Adrian Hauser for the Brewers, and you pair him with Brandon Woodruff at the top of this rotation. He throws Zach Davies in there. That's a pretty good trio to start your rotation with in 2020. All right, let's uh, give you what we have coming up for you on Brewers on Top. We're going to talk to Gio Gonzalez. 
Uh, we had a chance to catch up with him in Washington and talk to him about what it was like to be back in Washington, what it's been like to be a part of this team for a second year, and how it feels like he's been a part of the crew for such a long time, even though it's just been a little bit over a calendar year. And then we're going to talk uh, down on the farm with Brewers Farm Director Tom Flanagan. A lot of news to catch you up on on the farm with the Brewers as well. And then, of course, we'll show you what's coming up as well with that homestand coming up with the Houston Astros coming to town and the Chicago Cubs. You cannot ask for better competition coming in on this next homestand. That's all coming up. Stay with us right now. We're going to jump into our clubhouse conversation with Gio Gonzalez. Brewers left-hander Gio Gonzalez. Gio, back in D.C. And, of course, you had your reunion quickly last year because you were traded when you were here, uh, when the Brewers were here in Washington. And so you had your, your big goodbye uh, to the Nationals fans. But a year later, being back here, what is this like? It's it's definitely a fresh start, I guess. Um, seeing now to actually it's really sunk in a little bit that I'm, you know, officially you know Brewers, and that's that's pretty cool to know that. And you know, um, facing them, you know, hopefully trying to get a couple wins against them is 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 uh, what's going through our mind. But um, it's pretty cool to see the park, but it's seen in a different perspective. You know, not seeing it from that home side, seeing it from the visiting side. Um, the visiting clubhouse guys are awesome. You know, Rosie's always been a dear friend of ours, and he's from South Florida too. So um, it's pretty cool, you know, how how everyone keeps you know coming in by the locker room just to say hello and and just uh, just to say you know welcome back. It's it's, it's really nice gesture by the the Nats um, front office and and the Nats staff. You know, it's only been a year, but in a lot of ways, it feels like you've been with the, the Brewers for a long time. You, you immediately fit into the clubhouse and. And you come back this year and, and kind of just picked right up where you left off. Is that wild to you? Does it feel that way to you too? It, it does, but I, I think for me it was just trying to settle in right away, you know, especially with the staff that we have and, you know, the players. They're all great guys. You know, I'm just uh, I'm happy that they welcomed me back with open arms. And, you know, I just wanted to do my part and, and not only just be a good clubhouse guy, but also try to help out and, in any way possible on the mound. You've had a lot of success on the mound this year, and you had a lot last year over the stretch run as well. What what has it been for you that you've been able to find in Milwaukee that's helped you be successful? 100% uh, offense and defense has been the big key to what, uh, what's been going on with what we call success in my right now, what I'm doing. But I think that um, you know the outfield is unbelievable, the infield is incredible, and then obviously the catching department. We have two guys that know what they're doing behind the plate. Um, but definitely it's, it's cool to see how, you know, it's, it's uh, how Counts runs the game and seeing Murph again in the dugout and, you know, Hookie's a, a you know, pretty solid pitching coach. Uh, he's fun to communicate with and talk to. But, you know, I think it's just, it's not just one category. I think everybody here plays a big role in wh why we have so much success and, and everything that we do is because we're all pulling for each other and we all want the guy next to us or the guy in front of us to keep going forward and keep, you know, winning ball games and doing whatever he can to help out the guy behind him and the guy in front of him. You have had a lot of success on the mound this year, but you didn't really have much of a spring training. How has that had to change things for you this year? Have you had to make any adjustments as a result of that? Oh, absolutely. I think uh, it's sad to say, but it's either you adapt or die. And it's, it's unfortunate, you know, uh, and it goes with the other guys that had to join that category where you have to adapt or 
you know, or unfortunate suffer, go home, you know, and it was one of those things, I didn't want to go home, I wanted to keep playing, and, you know, my wife kept pushing me to, you know, kept working harder and trying to, you know, uh, get better and hopefully find a way to keep pitching on the mound, you know, obviously seeing your kids is always a, a you know, trying to, they love baseball, my boys love baseball, so I want to do everything I can to be pitching on this mound and have my kids keep coming to ball games, but, you know, my wife was a big help for me, she kept, you know, trying to give me words of wisdom, and, you know, it's easy to get distracted. It's easy to lose confidence when, you know, you don't have a job or a place to go. And then all of a sudden, you know, Milwaukee came through and, you know, the Yankees, I, I could not thank the Yankees more for what they did for me and giving me an opportunity to come back into baseball. And then the Brewers taking over after that. Well, Gio, we appreciate it. Thanks so much for giving us some time. And uh, I know you're looking forward to that Miami trip and a couple of Absolutely. trips. Absolutely. Well. Get to go home, see that warm weather, and hopefully the pool will be ready. All right, Gio, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Checking in on the farm. Well, as we go down on the farm, there's been some news continuing to trickle in for the Brewers. One is their Arizona Fall League roster assignment. The Brewers prospects will be playing for the Glendale Desert Dogs. That's one of the great names. They're all good names in the Arizona Fall League, to be quite honest with you. Games will start September 18th. They have moved up the season this year. So the games will start relatively quickly. We're not that far away from the Arizona Fall League getting started. It'll wrap up at the end of October instead of working its way into November like it has in years past. But the Brewers have a bunch of arms and four position players as well, all headed to the Arizona Fall League. David Fry, Pablo Abreu, Tristan Lutz, Peyton Henry. Those are the position players headed to the Arizona Fall League. And then the arms, Nathan Kirby, the left-hander, Quentin Torres-Costa, the left-hander, Clayton Andrews, the left-hander who also can play some outfield, and Victor Castaneda, who is a 21-year-old who spent the year in Wisconsin with the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers. That is your group that is headed to the Arizona Fall League. We'll get a little bit more on that from Tom Flanagan coming up in just a few moments. The other news, David Freitas, the Brewers catcher who spent the year in AAA San Antonio had a really good year in AAA. He was named to the postseason PCL All-Star team, if you will. All-PCL team is, I think, the official term for it. Uh, certainly had a great season in San Antonio. And then in AA, Trey Shupak, who's actually up in AAA right now pitching for the Missions, but he had a really good year in AA this year. He went 11-4, a 2-2-0 ERA, amassed over 120 innings and 20 starts. He was named the Southern League Most Outstanding Pitcher for the 2019 season. And then you also have uh, Nate Greep, who was named all Southern League postseason honors. And um, Patrick Leonard uh, was also named all postseason Southern League squad as well. So good news there from the AA standpoint. And, of course, uh, we told you last week, Mario Feliciano, the MVP of the Carolina League, Noah Zavallis, the MVP in terms of pitching, the most valuable pitcher of the Carolina League. So a lot of these postseason awards are starting to really roll in for the Brewers right now. And speaking of Mario Feliciano, he's been promoted since up to AA to play for the Shuckers for the rest of this regular season and then will be on that postseason team as well because the Shuckers are headed to the postseason. Okay, let's catch up on all of these things with Brewers Farm Director Tom Flanagan. 
Brewers on Tap is joined now by Brewers Farm Director Tom Flanagan, and it, it has been a really good year uh, from a minor league standpoint uh, down on the farm for the Brewers. One, you've seen some, some arms really emerge and develop over the course of the year, guys that maybe weren't on all the prospect lists at the beginning of the year, but they've performed at their levels. Um, thinking about guys like Alec Bettinger and Dylan File and, and of course, uh, Noah Zavolis, who was just announced as the Carolina League Pitcher of the Year. That has to really please you guys to see so many arms that have stepped forward and taken a big a big you know move up in their development this year. It is big. I think whenever you, you, you have certain expectations, certainly for all the players, but every player is on a different path. It's not always that linear progression that the player would like to see and we'd like to see, but when guys take sizable leaps forward, like Bettinger we feel had a really nice year, uh, Zavallis, as you mentioned earlier, uh, Mario Feliciano obviously coming in maybe a little more prospect status than some of the others, but but really all those guys, when they take leaps forward, that really sets them up not only for this year, but obviously for their for their future. So coming into next year, I think they can build off of a really positive positive season. So good developments on their all their fronts. About a month ago, it looked pretty easy to figure out who was trending to be the pitcher of the year in the organization and the player of the year in the organization. You would have said Trent Grisham is the player of the year, and you probably would have leaned towards Trey Shupak as the pitcher of the year. But that's such a deep pool, and he's moved up to AAA, and, and what has been the trend with Trey was when he moves up, it may take two or three times through the rotation, maybe a little bit more, and then he adjusts, and then he kind of gets on that Trey Shupak role, and he's kind of in the early stages of his AAA career. And, of course, Trent has come up to the big leagues and had a big impact. That's a good problem to have when you have so many guys performing at a good clip where it is going to be tough to make some of these decisions in terms of the award after the season. Absolutely. I think you're, you handicapped it perfectly right. A month ago, you probably could have handed it to Trent and been pretty confident he'd be the guy. Now some other guys have, have really picked it up, uh, Feliciano being probably the, the most talked about guy. On the pitching side, it's really been different points of the year. Shupak obviously was up there, but a lot of a lot of different names have kind of interjected into that conversation. So that's going to probably come down to the wire here. We'll, we'll have fun sorting through that one and make a tough call on the uh, the pitching side for sure. Another young arm that we never talk about, Max Lazar, and, and what he has done in, in Wisconsin. He's only 19 years old, and he's performing at an incredible clip in the Midwest League. Yeah, he's had a really great year. Missed a little time in, in the middle, kind of regrouped, and, and certainly been kind of a strikeout machine the last few outings for Wisconsin. It's really helped helped solidify their rotation and, and got them back in the playoff hunt, which is great for a really young young club up there in Appleton. I want to go back to Feliciano, big-time power this year. Peyton Henry's also shown some good power this year in high A, and they've kind of taken turns catching and then DHing. But Feliciano named the Carolina League Player of the Year. Um, got a chance to get over 20 home runs this year. He's going to drive in close to 80. Um, this is a really big development for a guy that I think when he was drafted, everybody knew he had the skills to develop to be a good catcher behind the plate, and I know he's made great strides there but also knew he had a chance to be a pretty good offensive player and starting to show up. Yeah, I think last year really you don't like to make excuses for guys, but he really I don't think ever felt 100% physically. So his shoulder had some issues, and our medical department did a great job getting him back on the field, and that's really been a non-factor. And I think having Peyton Henry there with Mario kind of pushing each other throughout the year not only helped those guys competitively, DHing, catching, but – you know, giving his shoulder a chance to fully recover and get back to 100%. So he's really taking advantage of that time. And at 20 years old in the in the Carolina League, which is not an offensive league, yeah. it's pretty neutral, he's really put up some numbers. And we actually just uh, 
this week, I guess, moved him up yeah. to uh, to Biloxi. So give him a taste of that heading into the playoffs. Let him compete there with the Shuckers for as far as they go and, and kind of give him a little springboard into 2020. Another pretty good catcher to be paired with there in Max McDowell, who, of course, is uh, uh, very good behind the plate as well. Every We just talked about it. Every prospect, every player's path is different. They all kind of write their own story. And Phil Bickford certainly has had his tough luck and his tough issues over the course of the last few years, but it seems like he has finally kind of settled in and he has gotten on into a really good role at Carolina, which is a really encouraging thing to see. He's been downright dominant. Absolutely. He hasn't allowed a run, I think, in the last uh, two months or so. It's been really impressive for Phil. He's a, he's a guy we've really pulled for despite all the adversity he's had yeah. and different things he's run into. He's never kind of hung his head. He's always battled and battled some, some unfortunate injuries coming back from, yeah. from a suspension and all that. But he's really throwing the ball well. You can see, you know, watching him the aggressiveness is back when he attacks hitters his fastball's always been kind of that invisible so to speak what you say about guys where guys just swing through it and he's got that back so it's really fun to watch him right now and he's i think he picked up his, his first save this yeah. week for carolina so great for phil when when you look at zach brown season obviously triple a is always a tough adjustment it's one of the biggest jumps that there is and he got off to a tough start but once you took him offline for a little bit in July, when he came back, I saw his first start when he came back. The stuff looked better. I thought it looked uh, significantly better, and he's put together some decent starts since coming back. He has. To Zach's credit, I think you're right. He started the season, kind of hit a little snag, probably fourth or fifth start into the year, and it kind of snowballed on him a little bit, got away from his strengths, and I think when he went offline, he kind of get back to what he does. His stuff has been there, you know, fastball. He's got the curveball uh, slider. He's got the pitches. It was just a matter of, uh, trusting what he had, and I think he does that now, or he's doing that now. So I think that'll get him back on on track going forward. Tom Flanagan, Brewers farm director, is joining us here on Brewers on Tap. When you have as many teams in contention to be in the postseason, we know Biloxi is going to be in the postseason. Triple A San Antonio still a very good shot to get themselves into the postseason, and Wisconsin still has an outside shot of getting into the postseason as well. That's a huge thing, obviously, to get the postseason experience, but those are also extra games where you can do things like move Mario Feliciano up, knowing that there are going to be more double-A games, and you can get him a taste of that. You were able to do that with Lucas Ersig a couple of years at AAA. Yeah, it's it's a great opportunity, not only once the postseason begins, but that last month or so, six weeks or so of the season where guys come to the ballpark, and surely it's, number one, it's about development. Nobody ever gets away from that. But having that mindset, the team's, the team first mindset as they come to the park you know kind of completing that team concept trying to win which is the bottom line once they get here to miller park i think that's invaluable so you got the extra games plus you have that more meaningful games and i guess it would be in august for those guys and, and leading into september so it's good to see I, I think it's always fun for me. I like to sit back and try to predict who's going to go to the Arizona Fall League. And you can kind of do some, some math and you can deduce some things here and there and, and get a decent handle on where, what the pool is from a position player standpoint. It's somewhat tougher uh, from an arm standpoint because of innings and everything else. But we're at that point now where the Brewers uh, are going to be sending a bunch of guys to the Arizona Fall League. A little different schedule this year. They've moved it up. But that's always fun. And, and I know you guys have settled on your names, and they've been formed and ready to go. Yeah, we have a, we have a good group. We feel really good about going. Obviously, um, on the position player side, Tristan Lutz will get yeah. some time out in center field and right field in the Fall League. David Fry at Wisconsin, he's caught there all year, can really you know be a versatile guy on the team. So he'll get some extra at-bats. Um, 
And then on the pitching side, a couple guys to highlight. Victor Castaneda has pitched in Appleton. It's a little bit of an aggressive assignment for him, but we feel he's made some big jumps. Kind of an under-the-radar guy for us this year. He's going to be in a starting role there just to lengthen him out, probably go three, four, five innings in that starter role. And then out of the pen, we have a blast from the past, Quentin Torres Costa, yeah. who missed all the season from Tommy John. He's, he's coming back now. He's pitched in a couple of Arizona League games. We're going to send him up to Colorado Springs just to keep him pitching, and then he'll transition into the into the fall league. And then a couple other arms out there. Nate Kirby is going to be yeah. back pitching for us, so that'll be good to see. He needs the innings more than anything, so I think that'll be a, a good challenge for him. And then uh, Clayton Andrews, he's kind of been yeah. a two-way guy, mm-hmm. obviously first and foremost a left-handed reliever, but he's really done a good job. We've been aggressive with, with him from last year's drafts already in, in A, but he's, he's been swinging the bat since about May in Carolina. We've gotten him some time in center field. So interesting guys. I think in the fall league, he'll probably see most of his time on the mound, but uh, um, that's that's most of the group there. We're also going to have Pablo Abreu on the uh, yeah. fall league taxi squad, and then Peyton Henry will get some extended at-bats behind the dish. So it's a younger group probably by fall league standards, but this year, they, as you mentioned, they've tweaked the format and the rules, so there's not as much level standards or level-specific guidance. So you can pretty much send anybody you have in your system, and we'll see how that goes for this year. But it should be a good challenge for most of our guys. Well, Tom, we appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thanks thanks a lot, Lane. Appreciate it. Here's what's on tap. All right, let's catch you up on what's on tap. The Brewers, of course, headed to the Windy City to take on the Cubs for three games at Wrigley. All three 120 starts Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and then coming right back home for what will be a six-game homestand, two with the Astros, four with the Cubs with a Wednesday off day on September the 4th. Astros Labor Day game on Monday afternoon. That's a 3:10 start, dollar dog day. Tuesday night, that's a 6:40 start. And then that off day Wednesday. Then Thursday the 5th, Cubs coming to town. That's a 6:10 start. Friday the 6th, that's a 7:10 start. Saturday the 7th, that's a 6:10 start. And Sunday the 8th, that is a 1-10 start. That is the second-to-last homestand of the year in the regular season for the Brewers. It is going fast, folks. If you haven't been out to see the crew lately, you might want to get on brewers.com slash tickets and start looking at how you can get to a game in September to support the crew as they try to make their push to the playoffs. That's going to do it for us. Hope you had a great listen today. We'll talk to you again next week as the Brewers get ready to host the Cubs. Have a great one, everybody. I'm Lane Grindle.